The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the wind of it is first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. God. Deep to right field. Way up there. High, oh, high. And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Here's the payoff pitch. Welcome into Payoff Pitch. We are Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Tuesday, July 25th. Great to have you joining us. Brendan Glasheen with Sean Zarillo and Anthony Tabundo is on the program. We're, we're getting back in our routine of having the, the regular recurring guests uh, in there a lot of times. We have a full slate to get to. Please join us for Payoff Pitch Monday, Tuesday, and Friday during the season. Hit that subscribe button if you don't mind. Also, leave us a five-star rating. If you have comments or concerns, ways to make the podcast better, you hate people. We, we look at all of them. We'll uh, we'll take it. We'll digest it. Try to get better here down the stretch before we hit the month of August. Uh, uh, again, I think a week from today, trade deadline. So that's fun. We'll be on the lookout for uh, how we, we're going to approach that. ActionNetwork.com, Action Network app, plenty in there as well uh, that we will get to. As I said, though, full slate. We don't necessarily get to every game. We get to actionable content, actionable games. So with that being uh, said, Zarillo, uh, how would you, uh, when you look at the board late last night into this morning, what jumps out to you as a best bet? Minnesota Twins, both halves, first five innings and full game, up to about minus 140 for the first five and minus 122 for the full game. This is a matchup that we bet last week. Same two starting pitchers, George Kirby and Pablo Lopez. Uh, we bet this game at about plus 120 for the full game. It closed at plus 105. Similar story to yesterday with that Castillo matchup against going against Kenta Maeda where we got CLV and then based on the home field advantage switch right going from Seattle to Minnesota you would expect that plus 103 closing line to become about minus 125 for Minnesota going from being on the road to being at home with the same pitching matchup assumably the same lineups have to see the status of Edouard Julien hurt his shoulder sliding yesterday, and he has been the, the Twins' best hitter for the last month or so. So definitely need to keep an eye on that injury. But based off of just same pitchers, same lineups, different ballparks with the different team being the home team, should be about minus 125 for Minnesota. So I projected it 
uh, at minus 132. And, you know, it's it's basically a, a, the expected swing that you would have going from Seattle to Minnesota because I projected the last game at about plus 103, plus 105. So it, it, everything sort of lines up. Um, just in terms of how the pitching matchup plays out, Pablo Lopez, the better underlying indicators this season, 3.2 expected ERA. George Kirby, closer to four. Career best strikeout rate. Better strikeout minus walk rate than Kirby, but Kirby has the lowest walk rate in baseball, so he does not give up any free base runners. Solo shots when people go deep against him is often what occurs, but his stuff plus, pitching plus metrics are better than what Lopez offers. So a bit of a discrepancy between, you know, the expected ERA, the pitch modeling numbers, but I still make Minnesota, as I said, much more comfortable favorites than what the betting market suggests here. Uh, minus 140 first five minus 122 full game just to reiterate my price targets and then also I like the under in this matchup as well up to about minus 107 I made this total closer to seven and a half I bet the over seven and a half for the game in Seattle I'm betting the under here based on you know the difference in the wind and the weather and and what have you so Minnesota and the under for me did when you look at that just out of curiosity I should have asked you this yesterday but when you look at two teams that are facing each other and two pitchers facing each other on the same day. Do you try not to read too much into that and look at the bigger picture, or are you picking apart Kirby, the Kirby last start against Minnesota, seven innings, four hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Are you, are you trying to not, you're trying to look at the bigger picture sometimes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to just look at that Kirby start and go, wow, he dominated the twins. I mean, going to dominate them again. Yeah. It's, it's not as simple as that. I wish it were that simple, Uh, but no, (laughs) it's, you know, Maybe he just had his best stuff that night, and maybe tonight he doesn't. Pitchers talk about all the time. They have 10 starts where they have their best stuff, 10 starts where they have their worst stuff, and 10 starts where they kind of have to battle through it and figure it out. So that might have been one of his best 10 starts of the season. You don't you don't really know what he had that night or how he was feeling that night relative to any other night. We just sort of have to project these guys out as we have them. So, yeah, uh, the you know, the Maeda – Castillo game played out a bit differently last night than the first iteration did. And I would expect this one too as well. Okay. I just think sometimes that's worth bringing up because sure. some people might just be like, Oh, look, he dominated them last start. How do you not take the Mariners? That kind of approach to, to life into betting. Yeah. Maybe the twins come in with a different plate approach tonight, you know, look to get a bit more aggressive since they know he's not going to walk anybody and start swinging aggressively at first pitches and, yeah, it could completely change their game plan. There's, It's not going to be the same exact plate approach for these twin hitters tonight, I would assume. Yeah, last night, last night was any indication, too. Roller coaster, ninth inning that forced extras there uh, between the Twins and the Mariners. DeBundo, you like Minnesota, too. I just saw in our, our doc here. Why do you like the Twins? Anything to add? Well, uh, the MLB schedule makers are, are lazy, I've decided, because <laughs> way too often we get these back-to-backs where, you know, and the Orioles and Twins just did this, where the Twins played the Orioles in Baltimore one weekend, and then the next weekend they just flipped the series. Uh, so this is now the sixth consecutive time where the Twins will play the Mariners in the last week and a half, where I will have the Minnesota Twins on the money line, which is kind of funny and how it works out, just kind of how the pitching matchups worked and, and where I am on certain pitchers. And and I'm in agreement with Sean, Minnesota Twins, best bet, minus 120 out there right now. Uh you know, we both bet the Twins yesterday. We both bet the Twins last week in the Castillo Maeda matchup. We both bet the, them in the Kirby Lopez matchup. Kirby shoved. I mean, we could look at the stuff numbers. Uh, it was just a dominant command outing for Kirby, even better than normal. 112 location plus in that outing. 
Uh, his fastball stuff was actually down relatively, but the Twins still couldn't hit him because he was, uh, you know, painting corners. Uh, and and Kirby has that ability. I don't have a huge difference between Kirby and Lopez in terms of overall talent. Kirby is going to miss fewer bats, but he's also not going to walk as many guys. Lopez with the changeup, uh, always effective. Uh, his strikeout rate has ballooned this year up, you know, to elite levels. I'm not sure I believe that will hold, but still impressive. And then the biggest thing for me uh, is that the Bray, uh, the Twins did not have to use Duran last night. Uh, they played extra innings on Sunday. So their bullpen is a little bit taxed overall, but their best reliever is available. He didn't pitch last night. They were able to win without using him. The Mariners did use Munoz and Seawald. Mariners have better bullpen depth-wise, but uh, overall better lineup for Minnesota at home, minus 120. All right. You know, DeBundo, summer concerts are back, so maybe that's what baseball's running into. You know, the summer of Taylor Swift, Luke Combs, go to right down the list. Maybe that's what the problem is. So they have to be lazy with the schedule. Keep that in mind sometimes. When you're the commissioner of sports, you can make those changes. Look, I, I just wish, you know, like, and they do this for other teams too. Like, you'll play a team, uh, like the Phillies played the Reds twice in April. They won't see them again for the rest of the season. Then they'll play the Mets, you know, the last three weeks of the season when they only play them three times. Like, like balance it out a little more. Uh, so that, you know, you don't see a team once for a week and a half and then never see them again. I, I think that's just less interesting. Like I just saw the Twins and Mariners play six ga- or four games in Seattle last week. I don't need to see the exact same pitching matchups. Uh, and we're actually going to talk about another game later where these two pitchers are matching up against one another for the third time in three weeks. Bundo, next commissioner, Rob Manfred, he's coming for you. He's going to make these changes. Uh <laughs> Let's and, and to be like twins, we've been twins heavy. I feel like on this podcast for best bets, all of like, the uh, BJ has been on them as well. A ton. So twin, twin syndicate. We're, yeah. we're opening one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. If we're going to find out if we're going to fade the public today, we were at the public yesterday, Pittsburgh delivered against the San Diego Padres. The public was onto something. And we got the subway series as our featured matchup in this segment. The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly. How are we going to handle the public? 78% of the bets, 95% of the money coming in on the New York Yankees. They are home hosting the New York Mets. Justin Verlander on the mound against Domingo Herman. National TV game tonight on TBS. Zarillo, you have been, uh, you're Mets, man. You've you've been consistent on this, though, in, in spots where Scherzer's pitching or Verlander. You have been willing to fade these big name arms and who knows if they get moved at the deadline. I, I heard Buster only talk about this on Sunday when the Mets played the Red Sox, that it's going to be difficult to do possibly because of the money and yada, yada. But uh, who knows how many starts Verlander has left, but you are, you're in on the, uh, you're going to stay out of the money line po- uh, pool and, and you actually like an over here. So a fade of both Verlander and Herman. Well, I bet the money lines earlier, they're out of range from where I like them. So at this point, you know, with all the public public in piling in on the Yankees, uh, the fact that I bet them overnight, I'm sure people tell that. And then I'm sure there were other big bets on the Yankees as well where they were, but now it's moved down beyond my price targets. And I don't think there's any value left in terms of betting the money line. You need plus 125 for the first five innings to bet the Yankees and about plus 109, plus 110 for the full game in order to bet them, in my opinion, and still have an edge on the matchup. But a bet that I still think has value is the over eight and a half. I bet this at over eight yesterday, projected it closer to nine, about 8.9 runs. Domingo Herman obviously had that perfect game. Lovely to add to a season long line. But if you take that out, he's it's been a below average starting pitcher. Uh, 98 pitching plus rating, 93 stuff plus, 408 expected ERA. And then in terms of Justin Verlander, there's a noticeable drop compared to last year in the past couple of years. He had his best start of the season 
in his last outing against the White Sox, eight innings, seven strikeouts, one run allowed. But his fastball velocity was actually at a multiple year low in that outing. And he had a 92 stuff plus rating, 98 stuff plus on his fastball. So the start looked good on paper, but he was facing an offense that can't hit right-handed pitching and his velocity numbers were down. His slider stuff plus was down as well. So stuff plus for Verlander overall last year when he won the AL Cy Young in Houston, 118 this year, 107. And as I said, in that last start was down to 92. His strikeout rate is down about 13% over a two year period. This is no longer ACE level Justin Verlander. This is 3.5 ERA Justin Verlander, a number two type starter, an effective pitcher, but no longer Cy Young caliber Verlander with a below average strikeout minus walk rate, 12.7%. League average is 14.2%. So everything for Verlander trending in the wrong direction, but the strikeout rate is the most noticeable among them. And one last thing I want to mention, Justin Verlander, the reason why his ERA has always been about a half run better than his underlying indicators, go look at his career strand rate. You know, we talk all the time about this guy can't maintain a high strand rate, you know, 80%, whatever. It's going to regress towards league average, league average about 73%. Throughout his career, Justin Verlander has been a guy who has maintained a strand rate way higher than the major league average. The thing is, he's always been able to rear back, dial up that fastball and get a little bit extra on it to blow away hitters with men on base where he's saving it when he's pitching with the bases empty. He doesn't have that ability to do it anymore. And you've seen the ERA align with that expected mark. So that's who Verlander is now, in my opinion, holster to a three, five ERA guy, not a sub three ACE level pitcher. Mets lineup has had its struggles. Uh, let me ask you this. Can you glean anything from the Yankees and how they looked offensively? I know they didn't put up a bunch of crooked numbers, but they did enough to be uh, an over team against Kansas City. Have they turned a little bit of a, of a corner, a small C, a corner without judge? Did you take anything from that Kansas City series for their offense? No, I think they were just playing bad pitching. Uh, their Their offensive splits are still really bad without judge in the lineup. Um, they've still basically ranked as a bottom five offense without him in there. So they need him back if they want get a chance at making a playoff run this year. It seems unlikely given the strength that at division that they can even, uh, you know, not get back to the top, but make a serious run in the playoffs, even if they get there with all the injuries they've had without Rodon looks. So yeah, they need judge back in there. They, this Yankees offense without him is a clear bottom 10 unit. The Bundo public likes the Yankees, public likes the over. Can you make sense of it and why the people like New York? Yeah, I mean, uh, Verlander coming Yankees. off. The Yankees, I should be specific. I said yeah, New York. Which Yankees. New York? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't like either New York. Uh, but I, I do like the Domingo Herman under strikeouts. Quick note on Verlander. Um, swinging strike rate is uh, 8 or 9.1%, which is uh, the first time he's been below 10 since 2014. Wow. Uh, he was a different pitcher back then. That was back in Detroit. Uh, he's been consistently above average there. Zone rate, career low. So, you know, he's starting to become a, a bit of a nibbler, uh, which is uh, troubling uh, long-term in terms of like what he is as a pitcher. Uh, we saw signs of it last year. He just never gave up that clutch hit like we talked about, Sean. Uh, I like Domingo Herman under five and a half strikeouts, uh, minus 115 out there. Now, this is all about like what the true talent of Herman is. So, you know, he has seen his strikeouts jump this year, but it's not really backed up by anything in the stuff uh, or the other underlying numbers for him. His zone rate is down this year. He's getting a lot more chases. Um, but, you know, when he's in the zone, he's getting hit just as much as normal. 
as much as the Mets offense has been, you know, criticized for being feeble this year, they still don't strike out much. They're bottom five in the league in strikeout rate, bottom five against right-handed pitching. Herman uh, has struck out 25% of hitters this year, uh, which is a big jump from last year's 19 when he wasn't quite as good. But, uh, you know, rest of season projections like the bat and others uh, still have him pretty well below a strikeout per inning. Uh, and the stuff plus projected K rate is also lower than that to 21%. So uh, if you put him closer to that number against this lineup, I think five and a half is awfully high. So uh, I like the under for Domingo Herman strikeouts. I want to mention too, before we jump off this game, Brandon Nimmo doing her prop, just Yankee stadium. Uh, and I've written up in the past this year, he's swinging noticeably harder. His ISO is up. His expected slug is up. His strikeout rate is up. It's very evident. Brandon Nimmo got paid and is selling out for power just a little bit. So like his left-handed swing in the Yankee stadium for a dinger. All right. Very good. But a dinger Tuesday where Zarilla weighs in first before DeBundo. Yep. I'm washed. <laughs> DeBundo's got, uh, has something for us at the end of the show for dinger Tuesday. Baseball betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario, new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from ensuance. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York, call or text Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Underdogs uh, for Tuesday. Full slate. Zarillo, what team might jump out to you? Where's my dog? Yeah, this is not a good slate for underdogs, to be completely honest. And I had a difficult time selecting one as my top underdog. I'm going to go right back to the Pittsburgh Pirates, though, at about plus one, plus 230. Projected them closer to plus 205. We talked about the Pirates yesterday. There's nowhere in this matchup that I can say, yes, they have a definitive edge here. Uh, they also seems like Nick Gonzalez got hurt yesterday running the bases. I don't think he will be back in their lineup today and maybe not for the rest of the season. I hope he's doing okay, but that looked like a scary injury for one of their top prospects. So, uh, you know, takes a little bit of staying out of their lineup, a little bit of the youthfulness out of their lineup, but it does make them easier to project. They're going to put a guy like Tukapita Mercano back in there instead of him. But yeah, the Pirates at plus 230, you could bet that down to about plus 220. The A's at plus 220. The Royals at plus 180, the Marlins at plus 180. These are all teams I'm considering 
for today. Haven't actually pulled the trigger on any of them yet, but after this podcast, we're going to go back through the board and see which of them might be worth a poke because I think at least one or two of them are teams I'll bet. I think all four are teams you could potentially justify, but don't want to just blindly round robin these underdogs. So you you don't think Blake Snell, seven walks the other night against Toronto, this seems like a bounce back spot. He was, I know he, he was interviewed during the Sunday Peacock game and he was pretty pissed at himself for the walks. And we know the, the Blake Snell Cy Young rise uh, up the, the odds boards. Um, no concern there that he could have a, a big bounce back night. Any, no, any, he's been a little I guess what I'm trying to say is any fate of Snell. He was really shaky in that last start, the seven walks. The start before that, I th- he might have had four walks, but he only had seven strikeouts. The command has gone away a little bit mm-hmm. in the past couple of starts. He found it completely for two months, and now it seems like it might be gone again. So, uh, you know, just a small speculation probably against them, if at all. All these underdogs, like I said, I don't love any of them by any means. So all of these plus 200 underdogs might be playing them small today. But uh, yeah, it, it's now really just the past two starts has not been nearly as impressive as the two months that preceded it. 17 walks and 21 innings and four starts in the month of July for Blake Snell. Wow. DeBundo, underdog for Tuesday. What team jumps out to you? Yeah, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim uh, plus 115 against the Detroit Tigers. Eduardo Rodriguez, a bit of a reclamation project, had a really tough year personally and kind of with off the field stuff in the last year and uh, has never been a dominant stuff guy, but has always gotten by with his command. But I just can't really get past the offensive edge that's pretty drastic for the Angels here, even without Mike Trout. uh, Still project as a top eight lineup against left-handed pitching this season. Tigers, you know, we've said this repeatedly, how much worse they are against righties. Uh, They get a righty here. Kerry Carpenter in the lineup certainly helps, but the otherwise like this lineup doesn't have a lot of pop in it. And that's been the biggest problem for Griffin Canning has been the home runs because his strikeout minus walk rates uh, are impressive. And they're, they're that of someone who could be a league average starter right around like a four ERA, but he just gives up one or two too many homers uh, and it hurts him. Uh, but in this park uh, with against that lineup, I think it's a more favorable matchup. Uh, so with the uh, significant hitting edge, uh, you know, Rodriguez has had a great year, two nine ERA, Expected yep. metrics are closer to what he normally is, which is like a three seven three eight pitcher. So a small edge to the to the Tigers in the in the you know the starting pitching, but I do like the Angels. Uh, also, the Angels getting the off day, whereas the Tigers had to play yesterday and use some of their higher le- higher leverage bullpen arms behind Scooble, uh, does you know hurt them a little bit here in terms of rest, uh, even though they were at home yesterday. So I like the uh, Los Angeles Angels. All right. Yep. Angels, uh, a part of me, the Tigers had to play the Giants yesterday. It was a makeup game. I had to get that game in yesterday. Freaking Angels. They're getting annoying. They're winning too much. Um, anyway. That's and they're going to keep Otani now. Ugh, I know because they're kind of in it. Now they might make a run and they're just, they're not going to. Yeah. They'll collapse in September. It's fine. Thanks. Well, that's when Thanks. Trout comes back. They're going to, they're going to get hot. Trout's going to come back. Then they're going to collapse. That's, that's the perfect way for their season to end. I like also like they, they may not collapse and just like still just miss the playoffs with like 84 wins, which mm-hmm. is probably the more likely outcome. That would, that would honestly be. be the saddest outcome is they don't, they don't ever collapse. Just other teams improve their rosters more and they didn't. Yeah. Debundo, you, you better be there for Charlie. If that happens, our, our pal, Charlie Disturco, he might need to, you know, put his head in your arms and why, why is that? What did he bet? Well, did because he, bet under? he, oh, he stayed off it for that reason, because okay. he, he likes him to make the playoffs. But if he ever decides to go in on it, he, he might need to weep uh, to you. So be there for him. Uh, uh, final bets for Tuesday. As Zerillo said, not a great day for dogs. So Zerillo, what 
edges do you see or how might you want to go about betting some favorites today? And I have a one more for the road. Yeah, a couple of first five edges uh, other than the Twins. The Dodgers at minus 155. The Nationals at minus 140. Even the Phillies at minus 125, something I might have play. But my favorite remaining bet on the board is the Milwaukee Brewers at minus 145. Corbin Burns been much better in his past couple of starts than he was earlier in the year. Seems like he's finding his peak form again, getting much more spin on his cutter. Seems much more confident on the mound as well. And even two starts back, he was pitching through heat stroke while he was having his best effort of the season. So seems like Cy Young Corbin Burns, Cy Young caliber Corbin Burns, finally fully back in form. And minus 145 on Milwaukee seemed just a little bit short for me. Uh, I made this line closer to minus 160. So not a huge edge, but could take it up to about minus 150. I think that's a a, a nice uh, play and, you know, a pitcher I'm going to keep backing while he looks like this in Corbin Burns. And Andrew Rabbit, a guy was on in his last start. So that shows you how highly I view Burns now relative to the market, considering I've been betting on Abbott pretty regularly. Okay. Burns and the uh, the Brewers have won five consecutive Corbin Burns starts, and he's gone at least five innings. Five and two-thirds was a start against Cleveland at the end of June. He's gone deep into games here. So for a first five play, it's going to be Burns on the mound if he continues to uh, have control on the bump for Milwaukee. DeBundo, I know you've got a play as well, and then some, some Dinger Tuesday perhaps. Remember a few weeks ago, uh, Brendan, we did a show – and uh, we were having oh, a conversation, and it was uh, the Brewers were playing the Reds. This and, this goes right back to your point about the schedule. Abbott against here we Corbin go again. Burns, yep. And it was you know everything in my body is telling me that this number is ridiculous, and that like we need to bet Corbin Burns here at home at, at this ridiculous price or on the road at this ridiculous price. Uh, and I didn't, and then they won by like nine runs. Yeah, at the very end, you were like, I think I'm going to bet Milwaukee, but I don't know yet. And then you never did. I, I never did. And they won easily. Uh, and so since then we had this matchup again yep. uh, and I did not miss it that time. And I bet Burns against Abbott and they they had another comfortable win. And I'm going to do it again here because uh, look, I like Andrew Abbott. I, like I said, I've, I've said on the show, I'm an owner of him in dynasty. And like, I think he's got a good future, but the, the fact that he keeps getting away with this, this fastball that, that nobody can hit for some reason, like he's throwing 93 right down the middle and nobody swings at it or hits it. It's very puzzling to me. Like the stuff on it's not great. His breaking balls are good. Like I think he's going to be a solid MLB pitcher, but I don't think he's anywhere near the caliber of Corbin Burns, who, you know, Sean talked about the heat stroke. He dominated Philly last week. He's top 10 uh, in stuff plus the last 30 days. His cutter has been one of the five or six best pitchers in baseball in the last month. It's looked as good as ever. Uh, and, you know, this Reds lineup, for as much as we like all these young guys, uh, they have been befuddled by the stuff on numerous occasions. And, you know, David Bell even said that it was the best stuff they'd seen all year. And that was the start before the all-star break. So clearly, you know, these young guys have not seen Burns, uh, you know, level stuff very often in their careers. And they're, they're kind of uh, still working to figure out a solution on it. Uh, I know the Brewers do not hit left-handed pitching, which is definitely scary. But uh, the Reds bullpen got uh, more tax yesterday. They had to go through a lot of their uh, middle relief guys, uh, pitched everybody, as did the Brewers. Uh, but I still like the Brewers bullpen more. Uh, and I like the Brewers starter a lot more. And, you know, Sal Freelich's been a little bit of a spark. I'm kind of excited. I don't know that he'll... BC, man, Boston Colleges. I did some of his games. I called some of his games at, at Boston College back in the back in the day, which I now I have to say back in the day because he's a major league baseball player now. 
Yeah, you're you're dating yourself, Brendan. It was on the ACC <laughs> network, which is still kind of new. He made a little South um, like Italian and, and, and look, yeah, that's true. And a, a fellow Paisan. And uh, Christian Yelich is very quietly playing at like an MVP level. Yeah. Him and Bellinger, it's been the Bellinger Yelly, the Belly Yelly uh, reclamation seasons. Both guys are just kind of mashing uh, in the last few weeks, especially carrying what is otherwise a terrible Brewers offense. So, uh, you know, I, I do like uh, the. Uh, the Brewers quite a bit. And that actually rolls right into my Dinger Tuesday pick. You know, Abbott allows a lot of fly balls uh-huh. and he hasn't really gotten punished for him yet. I think William Contreras is my pick today to mm. punish one of those fly balls. Dominates left-handed pitching. Uh, you know, hit one yesterday that I thought was going to get out and the camera guy made it look like it was going out and then it died at the wall. Um, so I, I do like uh, Contreras as my Dinger Tuesday pick uh, against the lefty Abbott. All right. Uh, looks like... You see, Weimer hit a home run against Abbott. So it wasn't quite last week. It was July 8th when Burns opposed Abbott, and Abbott was not good in that start. He he struggled. He allowed six earned runs over four and a third innings, nine hits, one walk, uh, six strikeouts. Did uh, did allow two home runs. So one of the other home runs. It's, was it's the only game he hasn't pitched well. Adamas He's been really good in every start except for that one, which is you know impressive. Uh, Including when you pitch in that in the ballpark that he does uh, in Cincinnati, you know he's played a lot of home starts. Played the Giants at home, uh, you know pitched well against the Brewers at home in the second start. Uh, the strikeouts have been coming down a little bit, but you know he had a twelve strikeout game against the Padres in Cincinnati, which is impressive. So, like the you can see the upside, but you can also see that like he's giving up a ton of fly balls, uh, and if he starts allowing more homers, then he he could face some problems. Top two teams in the NL Central. And, and Tabundo does make a good point because th- these are the final today and tomorrow, the final two games between the Brewers and the Reds for this regular season. All right, gentlemen, good work as always. Looking forward to watching tonight. Uh, you can find Sean Zarillo and Anthony Tabundo in the Action Network app. If they add any dingers or any other bets as the day unfolds, find them there. Uh, for all uh, of their picks and analysis. Payoff Pitch, again, is presented by BetMGM. We are back on Friday. Please leave us that five-star rating, uh, a comment, a review as well, uh, wherever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate the feedback. For Zerillo and DeBundo, Brendan Glasheen, signing off. We will talk to you all again on Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.